0: Good morning, resale revolutioners! I am really excited to talk to you guys today. I have the six cardinal sins of resale. Well, there's a lot of S's in there. Anyway, I'm gonna get right to telling you what these are and how you can avoid them right after the intro. What does it take to start a revolution? Revolution. It takes guts. Guts. Determination. determination. And most importantly, know-how. Know-how. This is the Resell Revolution Podcast. You want all the secrets to making money on the side? Women all over the globe are building their own resale businesses with their own money and pursuing the lives they want to live and doing it on their terms. You want freedom, you want success. This is where to get the tips to make that a reality. This is the Resell Revolution Podcast. sin of resale is resisting change and This basically means resisting where the trends are going uh, Continuing to buy things that are in a declining market uh, and just Not doing your research and figuring out what people are buying and where the next trend will be and just being you know savvy about what you're buying you know a lot of people you um, I remember uh Pyrex like la- it was last year all these dealers and this like article came out and they're like oh Pyrex is like going to just blow up and so everyone you know just bought all this Pyrex and nothing nothing happened like the market didn't change you know it was just like this huge freak out fad with like resellers only I did not see any spike in prices the stuff online didn't change it was just r- ridiculous and i kept telling other dealers as like it's not it's not selling more in my store you know like we're still getting the same prices but out of state sales the companies are charging way more for this stuff because they heard about it too and it was just this ridiculous thing and no one wanted to admit that nothing was happening they all just wanted to think that you know these prices were going way up and so everyone marked their prices way up in their booths and their stores and online and nothing sold and then they all had to come to terms with reality and you know where the market was going with this stuff and i've seen it declining i know there's a lot of um you know collectors out there still but I quit buying it because I didn't. I wanted to make more than 50% and that's all I was making on it. Alright, the second sin of resale is oversourcing and I know we're all guilty of this and this means tying up your money in product that's just sitting around. like You haven't had time to list it, you haven't had time to put it in your booth or do whatever with it. I have a hoard of furniture in the back I haven't had time to get to. And that's hundreds of dollars just sitting there. It's just sitting there. And it's so easy to go find things that we have to admit to ourselves that it's easy to find things. Like, don't go shopping if you haven't gotten to last week's hoard of stuff. And, you know, this can be a killer because if you have old products sitting there and you have a deal come your way and you don't have the money for it, you're going to lose out. So you need to be getting that stuff listed because that's that's what's going to create income and profits. All right, number three is being greedy. Don't be greedy. This means don't overprice your stuff and sit on it too long. Um, Don't be greedy and try to hide flaws in products that you missed. You know, we all miss things, especially if we go to the bins and we're sourcing Uh, clothing out of the bins it's really easy with all that distraction to miss the hole but don't try to hide it in your photos and then ship it out Um, but I think being greedy generally means don't overprice like do the quick flip get the money go on to the next hustle okay number four overpaying when you're first starting out it's so incredibly easy to overpay especially with how thrift stores have evolved and started uh, you know pulling their better product for their boutique and online you know it's just getting harder and harder to find products in thrift stores especially here in Oregon I don't know if it's true everywhere else but here in Oregon it can just be really really tough because you know here in the Portland area they're pulling they are they're pulling their better stuff and it goes to a Goodwill boutique and I've noticed these prices at the boutique are just outrageous like it's you know thirty to a hundred dollars for you know brand name stuff which could be a great deal you know for the shopper but for the reseller it's just like killing us Um, the Goodwills are also you know they're charging ten twenty dollars for brand name stuff in the regular stores and that just makes it really easy to overpay because you get it home and you're like, oh, it was only worth twenty five thirty online. That's just not enough profit. Like I, I want to pay a couple dollars for something and then make at least twenty on it. I don't want to be making, you know, buying it for five and selling it for ten. Like that doesn't work for the amount of time I have to put into things. I also want to tell you a little bit of an embarrassing story. So I was at a garage sale store, and. There were these amazing World War II um, military wool pants. They were from uh, Sweden and they had the guy's name on them and they were just in awesome condition. And I had seen uh, in a magazine some models wearing pants like it and I had sold some, uh, you know, World War II military clothing in the store before and I was just so certain that, you know, th- these pants would be worth at least. 80 90 dollars because I'd seen them selling for 80 90 dollars, I was just so certain of it. And I think they were 40 dollars and they were like 20% off or something like that. And I sat there and I made an offer, but the uh the booth owner didn't get back to me in time, so I bought them anyway. I did look them up, and some of the comps were selling for you know, they not many had there's a few that sold for like 50 60, and I was like, okay, yeah, I could totally get. 80 dollars for these in my booth Um, you know i always tell people don't price too much above ebay because you know people will come into your booth and you know everyone's got their phone so they'll look up what they're selling for on ebay not everybody knows how to use a sold filter so as long as you're pricing it in your booth around what people are listing it for uh that will keep you pretty safe but anyway i bought these pants for about 38 dollars And I had them in my store for, I don't know, a couple months, and then I took them over to my antique mall booth thinking that they would fit in better there, and they sat there as well. I put them 50% off of 80, so I was asking 40, just trying to get my money back out of them and then finally I brought him home because it's springtime and I put them online and within a couple days I think I put them on there for 59 and within a couple days I got an offer for 30 and trying to get I just was so fed up with them that I ended up getting 35 for him on eBay so I did lose a couple dollars on him which it happens but it's all part of you know just I overpaid for him um, and I I just have to get the money and move on and get back into a better, uh, flip. And so, you know, it's going to happen, but it's better to lose a couple dollars than hundreds of dollars, which is why when you're starting out, try to stick with things that you know, and don't get, you know, into high end stuff or high end antiques when you don't know, you know, your that market. All right. So number five is being inconsistent. This means not consistently watching your eBay account, not consistently listing new product. You need to be monitoring, you know, what is selling and what is not getting any watches and lower your prices, you know, upgrade your pictures, bundle things if you need to. Uh, You just have to be consistent with listing and sourcing and you'll grow every day if you just keep at it and keep with keeping it going uh, don't let it sit because like I did I let it sit for probably over a year and I was doing you know two to four thousand dollars as a 60-day average just running it very 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 part-time but I was being consistent with how much I was listing and monitoring it and, you know putting in a couple hours a week of work into it but then when I quit doing that I just saw it tank like I had the same amount of listings but I was not watching prices I was not upgrading pictures I was not bundling things um, I was listing a few new things every week but that was about it and yeah my eBay account tank so now with a tiny tiny bit of love and being consistent this last week I've doubled my sales which is really exciting and I have probably about Oh my God, about a hundred things to list this next week. So I've got to get on it. All right, the last cardinal sin is not cross-posting. So, you know, I recently started a Poshmark account. I have yet to sell anything on it just yet, but I'm going to be consistent. I've been growing my following every day. I've been listing new items every day. My goal is five days a week to post Uh, 10 to 20 items and I've been doing that but I've and I've been cross posting between Poshmark and eBay and some of my other clothing I saw this girl post things for like five dollars on one of the Facebook forums and I'm gonna try that some of my old inventory that's florally in spring I'm just gonna put it on there Um, I really need to find a pop-up so I can take some of the stuff for a pop-up and just sell it there. Um, there's a flea market early next month that I'm going to join and take some of my old clothing there as well. Um, when I say old, it's some of my, my, I don't know if you call it dead stock or it's just the, the older vintage items I would bought and they didn't sell in any of the places. Um, I might just have like a $5 rack in my store. I just need to get them out and get, you know, money for them so I can move on. That's all. That's all there is to it. All right. So that is the six cardinal sins of resale. I'm going to review them for you. Number one is resisting change. Number two is oversourcing. Number three is being greedy. Number four is overpaying. Number five is being inconsistent. And number six is not cross-posting. So if you are doing any one of these, you might want to reevaluate your strategy and try... Uh, to bring yourself back into the light okay guys um, thank you for joining me today make sure to uh, follow this podcast follow us on instagram at resale revolution now and on facebook at resale revolution all right guys i will talk to you tomorrow